the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to hour two of tonight's Andrea K Show. Monday, my favorite day of the week. In spite of the fact that uh, we we're now in that evil time of year where it gets dark at four o'clock. Um, I think we need to stay on that. I think it's daylight savings time. Just keep the clock set, you know? I mean, I like when I have to get up early. I like it being uh, brighter in the morning, but I'd rather it be brighter in the evening. What say you guys? Email me at andreakshow.com, andreakshow.com. And don't forget our podcast if you miss any part of the show. We spent a little time last hour talking to John O'Connor about what's happening in this trial in New York City, a lot of people really didn't think that this was going to be the trial that was going to be so prominent, maybe. Um, but I'm glad that it is. If you, you download the podcast, if you missed that interview, because it's very telling about where the lawfare movement and the weaponization of the DOJ is going. And Trump did a masterful job of exposing that today in the courtroom. But we got to move on. And actually, we got to move right now back to Nashville, back to when we had an attack by a transgender terrorist on Christian children in a covenant Christian school in Tennessee. And since then, we've we've known that it immediately we knew it was a transgender terrorist. And yeah, I'm going to use the terrorist terrorist word because I can't think. First of all, the the left calls anybody who questions the outcome of an election a domestic terrorist. Parents who speak up at school board meetings are literally being called domestic terrorist. So I can refer to a transgender girl who thinks she's a boy taking a weapon into a school specifically to target little children as a terrorist. And I've been asking and demanding, as many people have, to have the manifesto released. I don't remember exactly why we knew there was a manifesto. Sesame Broccolini, by the way, glad to have you with me for hour two. It's Sesame Broccolini. I love me some Sesame Broccolini. This guy, fiery like a dragon. Like a dungeon dragon. I eat Sesame Broccolini. Yeah, I want to be upbeat, but this, uh, I, I will say, I'm happy we're finally seeing some of this manifesto because it reads like an op-ed from MSNBC, mm-hmm. ABC, CNN, HuffPost, WaPost. The list goes on and on and on, and that's why they tried to bury it, right? Boom, bazinga, boom shakalaka. And what is the talking points? What is the prompter that, I mean, you said the manifesto reads like, you know, an episode of or any of these broadcasts straight off the teleprompter, which is what? Anti-white, anti-white privilege, right? Hatred for Christians. 
It's everything that the left, in fact, we were last hour, that's reflected in uh, Letitia James when she said that she was going to go after the U.S. government that was too male, too, uh, too pale and too stale, right? That's, that's practically what this manifesto was, right? Same thing. What was happening at the gates of the White House Saturday night? It was going after white, the U.S. government that's too white for the Islamists, right? And to Christian, all the same. This is the agenda going on in the country today, as well as where we, where we, uh, where we diverge though, or maybe that's not the word I'm looking for, is that these Muslims that were at the Islamists that were at the gates Wednesday night, they ain't about your LBGT stuff. Okay. So you queers for Palestine people might want to get hip to what the real agenda is of those that were at the gates. Okay. Because they hate you as much, if not more, they hate, they would be wanting the little Christian kids and the shooter dead in Tennessee. So let's talk about this. Now, first of all, uh, they have been fighting, uh, the release of this, including the school, um, the school actually fought the release of it, supposedly, allegedly uh, saying that it would uh, compromise the safety of the school, its staff and its students. And it could be initially I question whether or not the school would actually be fighting the release of the manifesto because it shows the hate and, and the motive behind it. But if they, but it could be reasonable that the school would not want it released, Sesame, because they know how much this manifesto is part of just the normalized ideology in this country of the left, and they don't want anybody deciding to be a copycat to that. That that could make sense, couldn't it? That could make sense, and I could also see some of these schools. At least in this particular case, the Covenant School saying, well, we don't really want to make this all that political. We just want people to be sad and sorrowful. And look, my, my heart goes out to the victims. Three adults were killed. Three nine-year-olds, I believe, were killed. Uh, it's children oh were gosh. killed. Um, and so was the shooter. But this is political. Okay, and I don't want to exploit a crisis because that's what the left does. I don't want to do that. But I do think it's important that we talk about the ideology here. Ideas have consequences. I think the mm-hmm. media radicalized this 28-year-old shooter. I'd be curious to look at Aiden or Audrey Hale's search history online. I'd be very curious to see what kind of things or news sources influence this person, their thinking, their ideology, their value system. And that's what we're seeing with mass migration, a clash of value systems. Um, and one ultimate moral framework will prevail and mm-hmm. right now, that now that leftists have control of most of the institutions of power in this country, including the media, including most schools, they are weaponizing it against their foes. And someone like this, it, it's just sad, but this is a byproduct of the kind of rhetoric and language that you see coming out of CNN every single day. This is right. what happens when you go on TV every day and say the founding fathers were racists and they were evil and they set up a country that's only privileging white people at the expense of every other minority group. Mm-hmm. And so we have to band together in some communist style class war and mm-hmm. start making people uncomfortable and reintroducing segregation in the name of progress. And it's all interconnected. The war on America, yes. our Christian roots, our moral framework. It's there's a new mm-hmm. sheriff in town, unfortunately. And these left wing yeah. ideologues will stop at nothing, including burying this in spite of what the victims or their families want, because they don't want the average American to put two and two together. They don't want to Absolutely. connect the action with the rhetoric. But that's exactly right. what's going on here. 
And that's why we had a right to know. And this was not just when when you have this LBGTQXYZ ideology being shoved down our throats and being shoved down the throats of nine-year-olds in school, we have a right to know what what motivations was going on here behind this 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 there was a public interest to this manifesto that is beyond and when 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 a, when a criminal case is brought it's the state versus so and so it's not the victims uh if if you're raped it's actually the state against your accuser or against your you uh the person that you allege committed the crime and the and the reason for that is because this is about protecting the community it's not just about th- this didn't just happen to you it happened to everybody right and just like we always want to know what the real motivation is like in Uvalde where they hid the reality of what went on they didn't want us to know that those kids died not because of guns but because of 400 officers that were too scared to do anything to protect the children we have a right as a public, when there is a mass shooting like this, we have a right to know. The public has a right to know. So as much as my heart aches for the families, the the Covenant School should not have themselves, should not have a, 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 any right to deny me or any, anybody else of the truth of what went on here. So let's get to the manifesto. So they hit it and tried to hide it. And it made its way, allegedly, I'll get to the uh, police department's uh, response, but it made its way into the hands of Stephen Crowder of Louder with Crowder. And I'm not a fan of his. I think the videos of the way he treated his wife, I've never been a fan of his work. And then the the videos I saw of him psychologically abusing his wife from my perspective, what I saw um, was, I don't want anything to do with this dude. But does he have his hands on the manifesto? Possibly. Here's what it revealed. It was a notebook that was handwritten, and there was pages of it in which this person talks about, you know, um, referred to her plan as death day and said, quote, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm ready. I hope my victims aren't. This is just evil, absolute evil. Now, did this person kill because this person's a transgender? I don't know, but I do know that this person referred to them as want to kill all you little crackers, bunch of little F word that's used, that's considered a pejorative against uh, homosexuals with your white privileges. I think that's the key phrase, obviously, that they wanted hidden from the public. How could a transgender person use that pejorative against gay people? And why would this person use that word? But then then to call them little crackers, the hate that was pushed out in, in, in terms of anti-white. They, the, the dot that they don't want to be connected is that, would you agree, Sesame Broccolini, when you talk about they don't want us to connect the dots? It's really, they don't want what they didn't, they want there to be a sympathy for transgender people in this country. They don't want you to ever have a feeling of anger towards the transgender community. And they certainly don't want you to to realize that there's a war going on against white people in this country. Would you say that those are the dots that they're trying to not get people to connect? Yes, and they also don't want to stop force-feeding people this sort of LGBTQ plus agenda and ideology. They want to keep 
bringing together i guess they really really they want to keep indoctrinating and keep organizing and mobilizing the next generation of militant pro-pride activists who will always fly the pride flag at u.s embassies before the american flag if at all so this gives away the game they they, they can't realize that indoctrination means producing more frankly homicidal maniacs right people because who they want, want to destroy to be, the country they're creating right, the because, agents of our downfall and, and they can't have parents right. putting that together because parents will go we need school choice we need private schools we need to root out the corruption we mm-hmm. need new principles and new, new leadership and they will vote in mass numbers uh and that's it, it, it's all about what you're saying in addition to keeping up the same indoctrination scheme um right which right. they, they have they, to protect that at all costs because that is where their power lies and mm-hmm. breeding the next generation of well frankly aiden and or Audrey Hales. There's going to be another one. This is this is not going to be the first time. It's not going to be the last time. Um, and it's really unfortunate. It's everyone should be on high alert because there is. Mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling there's going to be more instances of these uh, or of these kinds of attacks, um, and they will be more and more brazen and more and more brazen until people finally start speaking up. Um, right. And 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 this one of the biggest tactics that the left uses, like the Palestinian thing. Oh, victims! They're the victims, and they use all kinds of yeah. propaganda and all kinds of gaslighting to continue to push that. And this threatens the victimhood of the transgender. Uh, they, it's always about playing on your sympathy and your emotions. And if the American people start to wake up and see, you know that 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 you know here we've got you know uh, that there's a problem in the transgender community. There's evil going on there there's hate going on there in the community are all transgenders you know people that are confused and you know hacking their parts off or whatever going into schools and shoot no but this 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 blows apart this purity victimhood uh false narrative that they've been trying to shove on us with transgenderism in fact we've got a clip to play for you guys of uh, an evil transgender person wanting to indoctrinate, which piggybacks off of what you're talking about, Sesame Broccolini. We're going to play that when we get back. Um, But we also want to get into the um, police department from Memphis, their response to the manifesto. So stay tuned. We're going to have that next. A.K. Dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. You know we've all we've all been talking about it. We've been talking about the bad content that's out there. Not enough good content for families. We we hear you. We know that Disney is putting out. In fact, I think we just reported last week that Disney is pulling back off of, uh, and they're going to reboot the uh, debacle that is the new Off White. With uh, was supposed to be a reboot of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and it just went com- it went completely off the rails. And given the pushback, they've decided they're going to not air it and they're going to reboot it. I don't think it's going to save Disney, okay? Because the American people, and particularly families, are saying, we're done with this wokeness. We're done with you shoving your your crazy ideology on our little kids. We just want good family content. And there's not even on many of the streaming, streaming services, uh, you know, Netflix or whatever, of good, clean family content. Well, I'm excited to share with you guys Bent Key Studios. It's an ad-free streaming service. It's creating children's content free of political agendas doesn't that sound wonderful free of woke messaging 
programs that parents can trust, that offers values and, and good positive messaging. And I'm here, uh, joining me tonight is Katie Chase and her husband, Ryan, and they actually have a new series coming out. And I'm looking at the pictures of it now. It's about Mabel. And Mabel is kind. She's creative and fun. And she's got her dog, Jasper. Y'all know I love anything with a fur baby. Anything with a fur baby. I need to get my get my boy Gator an audition to see if he can do he can be a part of some production coming up. So anyway, they are here now to share with you guys everything that you need to know about uh, their projects. Hi, Katie and Ryan. Thanks for being here on the Andrea K Show. Hi, thanks so much for having us. Hey, thanks for having us. Okay, so um, are you guys, uh, um, did you start Bent Key Studios or is your, or, or, or are you just with this, this project with Mabel? Uh, no, we, we joined, uh, hopped along Bent Key, started by other people, and we are one of the shows there. And uh, it's called A Wonderful Day with Mabel McClay that we created together. And I play the character of Mabel. Okay, so a uh, wonderful day with Mabel McClay. First of all, the title alone is so darling and precious. Uh, I guess it's for preschool and young children and their families. Exactly what the kind of content that we need, because I don't know if you know, Katie, but they're like trying to shove all this transgender stuff on like three and four year olds. It's insane. And it and, the, and we're in a situation to where you can think, oh, this is a cartoon or this is this is perfect for a kindergarten or preschooler. And you don't realize it until you're halfway through the imagery is off or they've got, you know, some kind of sketchy character going on. I wouldn't even have anybody go any of my nieces go or, or nephews or are allowed to go see Barbie because they've even destro- destroyed that character. So tell everybody about the story of A Wonderful Day with Mabel McClay. Okay, great. Um, well, I can't speak much to the the political context of the whole thing because we, we have three young children and we really don't watch any modern content. We love the old stuff. And so we've really just been enjoying that. And, and so our show is called A Wonderful Day with Mabel McClay. And it's a, a show that kind of celebrates the simple joy of wondering and the idea that life is wonderful. And Mabel is a character who kind of is uh, half Mr. Rogers and half Mary Poppins. We kind of like to think if Fred Rogers had a really fun <laughs> niece or something. <laughs> uh, so she welcomes the viewer into her home and she's joined by her really funny dog, Jasper. And uh, it's a big show. There are books, there are songs, there are big adventures and really special guests. Uh, but it's also a really simple and sweet show, we think, and we're really proud of it. So is it like a script a scripted show or is it more, um, I guess, character driven, but non-scripted? I'm having trouble trying to characterize how I, how I perceive it. Oh, sure. It's a fully scripted show. It's a lot like Mr. Rogers. Um, Mabel talks to the child through the camera. And uh, then she's also joined by this dog and they have all these fun, creative projects they do together. And we also have a segment of the show that are these little animal creatures in a stop motion world. Um, So there's there are pieces that are unscripted, of course, where she goes out of her house to really neat places and explores and meet special guests. But a lot of it is scripted. I absolutely adore this concept so much. What kind of breed is Jasper? He's a, a little mangy mutt. He's a mix of all <laughs> kinds of things. He's a very lovable mutt. 
Because my little boo Gator says that if y'all ever need to recast Jasper, he's available to audition. Um, I, I, <laughs> I mean, I just think this concept sounds so perfect because it sounds like it's a way that you can be instructional, uh, inspirational, maybe teach some morality lessons in a way that's not aggressive, um, you know, inspire children from a creative standpoint by taking them on adventures. Of course, I love, you know, it, it, the little animal characters. So are you writing it as well as performing it? No, we have a writing team and uh, we kind of, Ryan and I come up with the concept. So there are 20 episodes in season one and each one focuses on a virtue. And so we'll kind of set those concepts and what we really want Mabel to say. We have a background in education. We um, owned and operated an improv studio in Los Angeles where we worked with children for many years. And we used improv as a tool to teach social emotional skills, things like teamwork and kindness and courage. And so this show is really an extension of that work. And our writers do such a tremendous job of taking those lessons and kind of interweaving them into, into special stories. Why do you think this is so important to have this content right now? Uh, well, for our, uh, for our kids, uh, we have three young kids. Um, they keep asking me, uh, dad, when are they going to release some new episodes of Andy Griffith's show? And I keep <laughs> saying, I, I've shown you them all <laughs> because, uh, they haven't, uh, they haven't had access to, uh, uh, a TV really. Uh, we've, we've always just kind of shown them. We have a little, uh, lunchbox projector and we show them DVDs and, and, you know, things that we've curated, uh, the classics we love like Mr. Rogers. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were um, just when this when this idea, this opportunity was presented to us, that this was a concept that uh, they were going to do an app and uh, a new uh, entertainment channel for kids and families where the families don't have to preview everything that it's already right. cultivated. It's created just for this purpose. Um, and then they came to us and, and um, wanted uh, to see if we had an idea. And thank goodness we did. Uh it, we're, we were the, we're the exact audience because um, I don't have time to uh, preview everything. And, you know, right. uh, I, most parents don't. And um, and so we were this was just perfect. Like, oh, here's something that parents mm-hmm. can turn on and um, and keep the kids uh, busy. Hopefully the whole family could will enjoy it, but they won't be annoyed by it and they don't have to worry about it. And so for us creating this show uh, filled with homages to all the things that we loved uh, growing up and uh, media that we, we enjoyed and um, uh, just has a warm family quality about it, we hope. And also we wanted something that was a little slower paced, uh, not quite as slow as Mr. Rogers, but uh, something that meets the kids where they are today. So we yeah. threw that fun, threw a fun dog in there and uh, Mabel uh, has inventions and uh, these fun guests and adventures. And so we, we tried to walk that line and, and we hope we did. We're really proud of it. Well, it sounds amazing. I would have loved this as a kid because I didn't like cartoons. And so I liked, I'm I'm remembering a show when I was a kid. I don't remember the name of it, but there was an owl. This girl lived in a house, in a tree house or something in the, in, and there was an owl and she had these characters and I always liked there to be some humans in it, like um, in, in the shows. And so right. I would have, I would have loved this as a, as a show when I was little. Well, I think it's, we try to make a show that feels the way shows used to feel. And um, mm-hmm. I think there used to be this sense of, of human connection, of course, pre all this yeah. technology where humans aren't connecting as much. And 
So that's really at the heart of this creation of ours is a character that connects with the child through the camera. And then we see Mabel deeply connect with Jasper in moments of, you know, he kind of represents the kid in the show. So he'll get frustrated with something and she's helping him regulate his emotions. Or if she has a guest on the show, like in the first episode, we have a 14 time Grammy winning uh, banjo player, Ron Block on the show. And she sits and they they explore this instrument of the banjo in a way that isn't performative, but that is all about connecting to each other. Um, so that's, it's a theme throughout the show of, of yeah, humans connecting. Uh, you know what? I want to watch it because I'm, you know, it's the kind of content I loved as a kid and, and I, I would still find it entertaining today. Tell everybody how they can see it. Binkey.com. And it's very simple to download the app. Uh, and there are, I think, over 150 episodes right now. They're releasing new episodes every Saturday morning. Yeah, they're doing a great thing. They're, they're bringing back Saturday morning cartoons. So every, uh, every uh, Saturday you'll see a new episode of all the um, shows that they have, including our show, A Wonderful Day with Mabel McClay. So Our family is well, really loving that, that new rhythm to our week of kind of gathering on Saturday mornings and, and watching all these shows we love. That's so my childhood. And just, you know, I just love that idea of family sitting around gathered on Saturday mornings and watching good family shows. And, and I just love what you guys are doing. I think you are, this picture of you is Mabel. You're absolutely darling. I just think you're just perfect for this kind of content. I can't wait to watch it. And I'm so grateful to have y'all here tonight. Thank you. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. All right. Sure. Take good care. All right, okay, you guys, we're going to take a good night now. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. Stay tuned. AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K, whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. Okay, so before the break, by the way, if you miss any part of the show, download the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Email me at andreakeshow.com, andreakeshow.com. In fact, I got a funny email. What was I talking about on Friday night show about underpants? I got an email that was really great from somebody. Oh, I know what it was. There was a Catholic school that's requiring girls to send their underpants and dresses <laughs> for approval, which is just really hinky. If you're a parent... Your hinky meter should really go off, okay, when somebody's asking to see your daughter's underpants. I don't care who it is, okay? Anyway, so I, I've got to save some time to read some emails. So they, it, it appears as though the manifesto has been leaked. Um, here's the Metro, from the Covenant School shooter, and it is about as it, it vile hatred towards children, for being white, she called them an, the F word that's a pejorative against gay people. Nobody, that alone is one of the reasons why they wouldn't want uh, that manifesto to be released. Because how could, how could somebody in their community use such a, a, a word, right? Um, but in, it's interesting because there was no immediate response from the police department. I think they're in Memphis. I think it was for hours, Sesame Broccolini, before they, they said, well, was this it? You know, was it or not? So then initially they said that the images that were released were, quote, not crime scene images. Well, what does that mean? It, either it's the manifesto or it's not. That's a little, that's a little intentionally vague, right? 
So then they went on to say, uh, quote, the MNPD is in communication with the Metropolitan Department of Law as an investigation begun this morning continues into the dissemination of three photographs of writings during an online discussion about Covenant School. The photographs are not MNPD crime scene images. Authorities confirmed they discovered a manifesto written by Hale in which he allegedly planned the attack. Um, They said they didn't know whether the three pages are authentic, according to. Does that make sense to you, Sesame Broccolini? Any of this response? Uh, No. And it just seems like a classic case of slow walking. Maybe it's I I don't know what's Mm -hmm. going on, but it feels like they were intentionally slow walking and refusing to cooperate and dragging dragging this whole investigation along um, just because they didn't want people to reach the conclusion because there's no way to spin it. There's no way to to reframe it. Um, This even this this person. Uh, who identifies as being transgender uh, is happy to weaponize. Uh, it's just so sad. It, it shows you so much about just how hateful so many of, uh, well, the progressive movements are, honestly, um, really at their core. It's, mm-hmm. So much of it is driven by just fear, hatred. If you don't accept my trans identity, if you don't let me force it on yeah. your kids, then I have to yeah. do this. That's that's the logic. And honestly, the fact that the media buries this kind of stuff shows you that they support it. They really, yeah, they, they're, yeah. they come they come out and they talk, they talk a big game with mass shootings if it, you know, fits their narrative. But right here mm-hmm. is a tragic, horrific shooting in which adults and children were killed and they're totally silent about it because they feel like the, the ideas, they, they support the ideas here at play. They, they, they'll say, oh, well, we don't like the violence, but we do agree that America is systemically racist and that it's, you know, there's mm-hmm. all these hierarchies of power benefiting the white people and the white people have to pay yeah. for their privilege. They agree with all that. Mm-hmm. They just won't, they won't endorse the, the violence after it, but they agree and endorse the violent ideology that drives someone to do that. They're okay with the radicalizing yeah. part. They just don't want to be held liable when it actually results in crime. In murder, right. in homicide. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I just resent the police department. Either don't say anything or say there's an ongoing investigation. We're not going to you know, respond at this time. But oh, well, those aren't the picks or ours. I mean, just don't don't try to gaslight me with weasel words, man. We're not that stupid. OK, here's a little bit more that was said in the manifesto. Going to private fancy schools, kill those kids, those crackers. Uh, I read that part earlier, but she went on to say going to private fancy schools with those fancy khakis plus sports backpacks with their daddy's Mustangs and convertibles. Blank, you little blanks. I wish to shoot your weak blank blanks with your mop yellow hair. Want to kill all you little crackers. Bunch of little blanks with your white privileges. Blank, you blanks. I don't believe for a second I, uh, that this is false. I believe that this is the manifesto. And that passage right there says it all. This person has been weaponized by hatred of herself, which is what the transgender movement is about, telling people to hate, telling young kids to hate themselves and their bodies, to hate white people. I think that that's what the um, bunch, uh, you know, bunch of little blanks uh, the pejorative against gay people is is an expression of self-hatred. 
the whole white privilege stuff. 19-year-olds didn't use the term of privilege. When I was growing up and we were around wealthy kids, we just said, oh, so-and-so comes from a wealthy family. The word privilege and white privilege was not a part of a lexicon. Nobody used this kind of language. This is all implanted in this person's. This this is all a, the mental illness of hatred. This was a hate. And one of the reasons why they didn't want it uh, put forth is they don't want uh, as they've as they pushed for hate crimes legislation, they don't want the hate crimes of Christians and white people to be considered hate crimes in this country. We are the only groups right now to where it's perfectly okay to kill because we're white or because we're Christian. That's a motive that's okay with the government. Um, and speaking of the mental illness. And also to use that kind of language about sexuality to little kids is disturbing as well. And that passage in there speaks to the sexualization of children going on in this country. Who refers to nine-year-olds according to their sexuality? She referred to nine-year-olds sexually. That's what that pejorative is for. That's not normal. It's a reflection of the sexualization of children going on in this country, and it's continuing and getting worse. I, I pulled a clip of this transgender person, man, who calls himself Marie, uh, yammering about the Alabama law banning the mutilation of children. Sesame, if you can play that. Good evening, everybody. Marie Will here, transgender woman extraordinaire. I come to you tonight on a very serious note with a dire warning and a plea for help. If you are the parent of a transgender child that is 19 or under and you live in the state of Alabama, your child lives in the state of Alabama, get out. Get your child out to somewhere safe. They have just made it a felony to provide any gender-affirming care to any transgender person age 19 or younger. It's going to drive the suicide rate up just astronomically high. Please get your children to safety. Get yourself to safety. Help us, please. I got this video from Libs, uh, uh, well, um, the video of this person with blue hair is on uh, Libs of TikTok official who said, this is Marie Willa, the trans nudist, who was filmed, filmed exposing his genitals in front of his foster children. This is the sickness that's pervasive in this country that they were hiding by hiding the manifesto. Uh, Libs of TikTok goes on to say this creep got approved to be a foster parent. Meanwhile, a Catholic couple in Massachusetts was denied their request to be foster parents because they held traditional beliefs about gender and sexuality. Yeah. So this is this is where we're at. This man should never be allowed anywhere near uh, children. So um, your thoughts on that, Sesame Broccolini? Yeah. Wow. Um, well, number one, I'll say I think he kind of kind of gives away the game because this whole 
trans affirming identity movement. It is a giant cry for help. Um, let's not forget that this is mental illness. Gender dysphoria mm-hmm. is in the DSM for psychologists for a reason. And I think that people need to realize the truly compassionate response is to help people come back to who they are and accept the way that they were made intentionally by God who does not make mistakes, which is to say that there is no such thing as gender affirming care. Gender affirming care means you tell a biological male that he is a boy. And that he is beautiful as is and should accept that. And we show him strong male role models and we do the same for females and for women. Just like Mr. Rogers used to say, only boys can be the daddies. Only girls can be the mommies. And that's a beautiful thing because it means we need each other because that's what makes a family. And that's the whole point of what we're doing here. So if we really wanted to affirm people and really, you know, create an emotionally stable society, then we would welcome these people in, recognize that this is a cry for help. And instead of spoon feeding it and giving them pills or, or, you know, uh, surgical castrations, we would say, no, actually, we want to help you, you know, sort through whatever confusion it is. And we're going to get you therapy and we're going to help you. And we're going to, mm-hmm. you know, work back to the root causes here because there is no natural occurrence in which some biological male is really a woman trapped inside a man's body. And kids yeah. don't know any better. So you come into these schools and you force feed them all this propaganda and they just believe it. They're trusting. Mm-hmm. They don't know any better. Yes. And that's what's disgusting about it. You're preying on children. You're grooming People that you may or may not later, you know, uh, organize with, mobilize with, whatever it is. It's just, it's manipulative, but more than anything, it's manipulation and it's self-serving. So I just, I I hear that kind of clip and it's like, sir, there is no such thing as gender affirming care. And I will agree with you that this actually is a giant cry for help. And we need God and maybe some counseling and a a healthy diet and uh, some spiritual work, uh, some self-work. And children need to be kept safe from creeps like that. Yeah. That's what they need. And I'm glad you brought up Mr. Rogers because one of the things that's really important, what parents are going to need to do is homeschool their their children if they can and make sure that they are aware of every piece of content that their children are exposed to because the imagery and the message, the indoctrination is in every aspect of a society right down to the cereal boxes. And in fact, we've got a couple that are have come out with a created a phenomenal project that's family friendly content on bent key, which is a subscription based service. And you guys are going to definitely want to hear Katie and her husband, Ryan, it's Katie chase and her husband, Ryan about their project uh, for family friendly programming. When we come back. Andrea K, bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Uh, let's switch gears and talk a little human interest. Who do you who do you guys think is more petty when it comes to breakups? Do you think it's men or do you think it's women? Sesame Broccolini. Uh, I want to say. I want to say women, but it could be men. Honestly, it depends on who. Uh, I've seen both cases, so I don't know. I think it's a toss-up. It really depends. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know who's really more vindictive. I, I actually think it's probably women. 
Because I think with men, it's more like, okay, they may be hurt for a couple of days, depending on how many bros they've got. Uh, but they tend to move on, I think, because <laughs> I think in general, women are more emotionally based, right? Emotionally driven. And, you know, I think with men, what they t- tend to do is just try to find somebody new to start sleeping with, right? <laughs> but Right? But there's this case out of Chicago that struck my eye. This Chicago man bought a car for his ex, bought, bought a car for $600 put it in his ex-girlfriend's name. Then he parked it at the airport way away and it racked up parking tickets totaling over a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> you think that's funny? Sesame broccolini. It's not, but that's an all time. Gotcha. I mean, <laughs> the amount of, that's, that's a long play. I can respect a long play. You know, you got to wait that that's, out yeah. day in, day out, just watching it build and build. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's like some, yeah, that's, um, strategy going on there that's some that's some well thought i mean you got a lot of time on your hands whoever's doing this that's i mean that's pretty nuts like (laughs) please see help um (laughs) yeah clearly what ended up happening was um so so i don't know how she got notified i didn't read all the details um excuse me stifling his knees so she ends up somehow finding out or they located her and they ended up reducing it guess how much she ended up having to pay Mm, let's say a well, quarter of that say, no um not that much but well more than what the car was worth the car was only worth 600 bucks she ended up having to pay over four thousand dollars in the fines Ooh. oh that's kind of i don't think it's fair because she clearly didn't know she had the car why although if he put it, although if he put it in her name with her address she might have been notified of tickets um but I don't think he would do that I think he probably put it in her name but probably put it I mean he he wouldn't have been able to it, it wouldn't have worked if if he had used her address cuz then she would have been tipped off so the first ticket right so um yeah I I think they should have just forgiven it and I think he should have been uh suffered the repercussions of uh, doing this to her, right? Don't you? Th- don't you agree? Yeah, honestly, that's that's way not fair. Um, that's ridiculous, and that's just such a weird and irrational, vindictive thing to do to somebody. Um, and you would you would imagine they they would not feel right taking the money from her, knowing that she wasn't even in on this. Um, I, I'm yeah. surprised they feel okay with taking money from her, knowing some other guy, you know, um, yeah. was behind all of this and out of spite. So but see, there's the your motive. government don't care. See, let this be a lesson to you people. If you're a Democrat out there, <laughs> you know, imagine yourself, right? This is this is the Democrats. This is Chicago. They they don't care, man. They want the dough. They don't care whether Brandon or not Johnson needs to get paid. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. OK, so, you know, they they're acting like they're doing her a favor by knocking it down from 100K to 4200 or whatever it was. She's lucky. That's all she, you know, got to suffer. So, you know, the, it, it all comes full circle. But now we're back to uh, the punishment of Donald Trump. And we started the show talking about this trial and me saying, hey, look, the government's going to come for you and your pocketbook and seek to destroy you. Uh, this is communism, by the way. They don't care who you are. They don't care whether you're a Democrat, really. I mean, they come harder for Republicans. But at the end of the day, it's about power, right? And it's about the jackboot of tyranny on your neck in one way or another. That's what it's ultimately about. Um, Okay, on tomorrow's show, we didn't get to some stuff I wanted to get to tonight, which is the Democrats openly 
calling for Joe Biden to get out of the race and saying that there's going to be some doom coming the Democrats way in the 2024 election if they don't. So we're going to talk about that and more topics tomorrow. And we'll see you then. Thanks for being here. Email me at andreacasio.com. Our 24-hour hotline, 844-814-5227. Thank you, Sesame Roccolini. Thank you to my guest. See you all tomorrow. Keep your head on a swivel. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.